Okay, let's kick this off. This is the first um, episode of the Empowered Podcast, which is going to be hosted by myself. So instead of having a guest every so often, we're going to do one of these, basically answering a few Q&As, um, questions that people have asked through our Instagram, and then some questions the team have. So if people do have questions, you can leave them below, or when we do a Instagram post asking for questions, then please feel free to jump on there. So yeah, we're just gonna kick it off. If you never see another one of these after this, it's because it went terribly. Um, so yeah, let's go from there. So who's got some questions? What were some of the questions? Yeah. Why is e-learning I think the pandemic really kicked off the whole e-learning um, kind of move well obviously e-learning was happening before but I think the pandemic really changed people's mindset towards doing anything on their computer really I mean before the pandemic people would just not do things if they included technology so they would just not order like kind of shopping online uh, they wouldn't do a variety of things online they would kind of opt against that obviously for the past couple of years if you've ever tried to ring a company they always try and redirect you to their website or redirect you to be able to do it online because obviously automation is the way that businesses want to go because it drives a kind of higher profits. So um, in the past couple of, in, in, the, in the pandemic in particular, the majority of things went online. You know, you couldn't go into places, you couldn't go shopping in a lot of um, scenarios. So as a result, people got better at doing things online and obviously, that carried over to learning. So people weren't able to go into schools, people weren't able to go and do additional courses, they weren't able to go to learning workshops. So as a result, they were kind of forced to go online and then everybody got used to it. You know, before the pandemic, nobody would do like many Teams calls or anything like that um, because they prefer in-person meetings. But then because of being forced to do it due to the situation that we had, globally um everybody got more used to it and i think it's just carried on from there obviously benefits to e-learning are it's more cost efficient it's easily tailorable to different students so as part of individual learning plans you can tailor something very specifically if the modules are online as opposed to being sat in a classroom with 30 other people who all have different levels of experience, they learn at different rates, they have different interests. It's very difficult to produce something that's gonna captivate all of their attention, stretching and challenging the people at the top of the class whilst also engaging the people at the bottom of the class. Um, so being able to put things online allows people to work at their own pace and it also allows people to um, focus on what they're more interested in and kind of dig down that vertical. So yeah, I think they're the main kind of reasons that online learning has taken off so much. But then obviously, again, from a company standpoint, it's more economical to um, not have to bring people in. You don't have to pay rent. You don't have to get a minimum number of people in classrooms and you can focus on the quality a lot more. So yeah, I think that online learning is only going in one direction and that's up. And I think that people are getting more accustomed and adjusted to learning online as well so they're actually getting the same if not more out of online learning as they would from in-person classroom learning but i'm not biased so 
the people, the, the people are asking questions. Come on then. This is my real hair, yes. I have dyed it many times. So if you've seen me on different platforms, it's probably been in, in multiple different um, fashions, but this is this is my real hair. Not a wig, is that the suggestion that this could be a wig? Yeah, it's not a wig. Keeping it, keeping it uh, natural. Um, the biggest mistakes people make in education Probably f focusing on the wrong things. I think when people want to get into an industry or when they want to learn something new because they want to go in that direction, they'll often kind of focus on just getting the qualification done as opposed to reverse engineering from the job that they actually want to be doing. So say, for example, you want to be a personal trainer, okay? Nobody wants to do a personal training qualification. People want to be a personal trainer. So look at the actual job, look at the end point and reverse engineer from there and focus on the things that are going to bring you the most success in that. I think too many people get kind of bogged down in the passing the qualification element or getting through it or getting by it. Whereas really, you should be focusing on the things that you think you can, um, th that can be a strength of yours. Focus on those things and start as you mean to go on, like mimic the things that you're gonna be doing in real life in that education, in that environment. You know, it should be a test environment. You should see your learning and your education as a chance to get things wrong, try new things, work on different areas, explore what the actual job could be. Because, you know, most people are learning something because it's going to benefit them um, financially if they're going to get into that sort of industry or if they're going to do something like that. So, you know, keep that in mind, keep that present, and then you can always kind of refer back to it. So many people lose motivation because they lose f sight of the target, especially if you're going to do a four-year degree. You know, 18 months into that, two years into that, it can, you know... You're two years away from starting and you're two years away from finishing. You're kind of in this no man's land where you feel like you've been doing it forever, but you feel like the end isn't in sight. And that's where you need to recruit those thoughts of the end goal and keeping that top of mind. Like, why am I doing this? What am I trying to get out of this? Going through the motions. And I think that's why you get so many people who, you know, those people who come across as people are like oh well they're really book smart but then they didn't have any common sense or they couldn't apply it to the real world is because they were focused too much on the actual logistics of the education and getting through that and not on focusing on the end goal you know that's why people become lifetime ac academics where they go to university get a master's degree get a phd work in the university and they just kind of in that cycle of learning but without that real world experience to lend kind of nuance to the stuff that they're going over. So, you know, focus on what it, why are you learning what you're learning and how are you gonna apply that in the real world and start trying to apply that as you go. I know that's kind of a lot of, kind of a scatter gun answer, but yeah, it's a good question though. Mm-hmm. How do you maintain a healthy work-life balance? 
you decide whether what is you decide what's most important to you and you focus on getting as much of that as you possibly can you know do everything that you want to at kind of full speed you know you don't necessarily have to have someone else's idea of a healthy work-life balance it's all about putting it into perspective if what's important to you is building a unicorn business which is going to absolutely smash it and creating a legacy for, that's going to last generations after you're gone then that needs to be your kind of first second and third priority if that means that other things fall to the wayside then that can be that's fine it doesn't have to be you know uh, if i if i do x amount of this that i need to do y amount of that it doesn't have to be a kind of balancing act and things that are important to you can kind of change as you go you know you might decide that you want to focus fully on something for a couple of years and then once you've achieved that and you've put yourself into a position then you'll look more into balance i think that people put too much pressure on kind of having this perfect symbiotic relationship between everything where everything's in some sort of like you know perfect equilibrium but that doesn't always work like that sometimes you've got to get obsessed sometimes you've got to go deep into the trenches and live there for a while and get comfortable in there that can be balance you know finding the way to be comfortable being uncomfortable is a form of balance and i think that's you know people don't talk about that enough it's all about oh well you know you should you should work three days a week and then you should do x y and z my form of balance is that i train every morning without question that's just what i do i train every morning and then i'll train two or three nights a week as well doing something different that's how i balance things out so that i kind of meet my necessary requirements because i like to stay active so that i can get into the office and focus on things mentally because i've put my body through things which allows my body to rest and then my mind to be active and that's balance for me so i think figure out what's important to you and that's the key to finding balance because you know what's important and you know how to to focus on that and how to offset it with other things that you need to do the people want to know what do the people want to know now getting hydrated oh, that's a terrible answer but that's the truth hydrated is the first thing i think about as soon as i wake up i'm like i need to drink a liter of warm water so all i can think about is getting downstairs getting the kettle on and having a, a liter of warm water it's all i can think about until i've done that but that's just like like my complete habit i've done that for 10 years i couldn't do anything before i do that it's not like i wake up thinking about you know i try to stay off my phone i try to stay off my phone for the first half an hour um just because i don't want to kind of i don't want to play roulette with myself first thing in the morning opening my phone is there something that i need to sort out has something gone wrong is there something that i need to jump on has somebody messaged something you know am i going to see something great am i going to wake up to something amazing i don't want to do that until i've done a few of the things that i do to kind of balance myself when i get up so 
yeah, usually I'll um, get up, have some water, and then message my gym partner. I, I stay off like social media and everything like that. I'll go straight on, message my gym partner, tell him what time I'll be at the gym. And then, yeah, I usually don't go on social media or check emails or anything like that until I've finished my workout. So usually by like until half seven, I don't have anything. Get up at quarter to six, water, pre-workout, creatine, train, social media, emails, that sort of stuff, breakfast, yeah. My final death row meal. Um, you know, I thought about this the other day. It's difficult. It would have halloumi in it. Um, it would have halloumi in it. I don't know, that's a tough one. It's like the last meal that you're going to eat. Um, this is an unpopular opinion. I don't, if, you, if, you, if you're not from the UK, then you won't know what this is. If you're not from Newcastle, you probably won't know what this is, but probably a Sambuca pizza. Um, that's People are going to hate that. It's like a six-pound pizza, but I love it with, um, yeah, probably a Sambuca's pizza. Um, and then some, some halloumi and peri chips from Nando's. This probably couldn't be worse for most people. But yeah, that's it. That's, that's probably not going to get... And some Reese's, some Reese's peanut butter cups, one million percent. Hopefully I'm not going to end up on death row, though, so I wouldn't have to face that. Yeah, a serious one. Freedom of speech. I think without freedom of speech, it's impossible to know what people think and the content of their character. You know, if all we do is stop people from saying things that make us feel uncomfortable, A, hate speech is subjective. Obviously, hate speech isn't subjective, but what people find offensive and what people dislike is subjective, first of all. But second of all, even objectively, you want people to say things if they mean them. Like if somebody is an out and out, like racist, you want them to say those things so that you know. You don't want them to just train themselves to know not to say things, but in fact, carry that prejudice with them. This is what I've always said. You know, if you stop people from saying things or if you coach people to not say the things that they feel under the guise of, you know, hate speech then all you're going to do is they're going to suppress what they say and then they're going to go through life and actually have prejudice against people and not allow them to do the things that they want to do whereas if you let them out themselves then it's like oh well good i think it's important for people to say what they think and how they feel because also as the pendulum of political landscape swings from left to right what if you say, okay, now people aren't allowed to say X, Y, and Z, we're going to limit their speech. And that works for you at the time because a political party that you are aligned with is in power. But what happens when the pendulum swings back the other way and now a political party that you don't agree with is in power and now they suppress your speech for the very same reasons that you let the other people suppress their speech? Like, oh, let's suppress people's speech because... You know, that's good for us right now. 
But then when it's not good for you, what have you done? You've limited your opportunity to ever be able to get your point across. So I think freedom of speech is extremely important. Obviously, I don't think online doxing or, you know, threatening people should be allowed online. I think that, you know, there's no place for that. And if people are inciting violence and stuff, obviously then that falls under the umbrella of not being allowed. But in terms of letting people express their opinion and have it kind of out there, I think it's important to see the true content of people's character from the get-go. Um, but I also feel like it's important for people to be able to express themselves um, because, you know, as we advance as a society, things that were considered immoral or unpopular opinion 20 years ago are a lot of the things that people are kind of okay with now. And if you'd limited people's speech and limited people's ability to talk about those things then, then they would have never have come to fruition. We wouldn't be able to advance as a society. It's the thing that's, communication is the thing that separates us from the rest of the animal kingdom. Without communication, we would just be like any other mammal. It's our ability to communicate with each other in the manner that we can, which has allowed us to become a more advanced species than anybody else. So anything that limits our ability to further that is counterintuitive and wrong. So yeah, freedom of speech. But yeah, it's not freedom of consequence though. So you can say what you want, but there is always consequences. Like you can say, look at Kanye West. He's saying what he wants, but there's consequences, but he should be allowed to say what he wants. And then we should be allowed to inflict those consequences because that's how the natural order of things, we just suppress what people say, then they can actually think those things and probably say them but just in particular circles and behind closed doors and that's when you drive ideologies underground and then that has a more negative like kind of a more negative consequence moving forward so freedom of speech not freedom of consequences well Okay, I'm worried. Am I a man or a mouse? Oh, it's a great question. Um, I guess we'd have to start off by defining what those things are. And um, as I'm not a mouse, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't possibly comment. But I feel like I'm a man, so I'm going to have to go with that. I'd say this is the answer, and I know who that's from. And I think that's a responsible question. Yeah. You should always keep learning regardless of age because everything keeps changing. And if you stop learning, then you're not going to stay the same. You're going to go backwards. You know, if the world continues to advance and you don't advance with it, then you're on this perpetual treadmill of advancement and you will fall off of the back if you don't continue to um, keep up. You know, from, a, from the, you know, business landscape standpoint, the way that we do things now is considerably different to the way that we did them five years ago, which is considerably different to the way we did them 10 years before that. And it continues like that. And if you're unwilling to 
continue moving forward and continue learning, then you're going to get left behind. Um, so yeah, there's never really a good time to stop learning. What else do we have? Like I said, any more questions, like keep them coming on the Instagram videos that we put up because we want to answer questions and it'll also give us some good um, tangents to go off when doing our podcast with guests as well, which we've been enjoying and enjoying your support and like and subscribe. All right, we've got one more question. Let's do one more question. Uno más. My go-to method of learning something new and then applying it to my business is probably doing. I'm a very kind of hands-on learner. You know, I'll, I'll see something, I'll see someone do something, or I'll hear them, or I'll watch a YouTube video, but then I've got to have a go myself, and I've got to kind of get amongst it and try things. And I think that that's how I learn best, through a little bit of trial and error and... So I'd say that I'm definitely a blended learning approach sort of guy. Um, I can't just watch something and be like, oh, right, now I know exactly how to do it. I have to kind of give it a go myself and and um, get the team involved as well. I think getting the team involved is a massive important thing to me because then we can bounce ideas around and we can lean on other people's experiences as well. So definitely just incorporating it into what we already do. Um, but I definitely jump into things two feet. I don't kind of like s like skate around the edges. I just dive straight in. Let's apply this. Let's see if it works. And then we know what we're doing moving forward. We know what worked. We know how it could work better. Um, so yeah, definitely just getting amongst it. So sounds like that's it for the questions. Um, if you enjoyed this, please like and subscribe because we really appreciate it. And we want to bring more and more value to the Empowered Podcast. This is the end of the first solo cast um, with myself. So hopefully you've enjoyed it. And next time we see you, we will have a podcast guest. So take it easy, guys, and goodbye.